This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Sebastian Thibault, posthumously minted TX24819 for Florida Garrison, beloved son of Edward, GM7880. Michael Lankow, ID1177 of German Garrison, beloved husband of Marika, TS783. Dave McAdams, TI74770 of Cloud City Garrison. Jason Lawless Sirota, TB69077 of Southern California Garrison. And Glenn Arnold, SL4527 of Isle of Wight Garrison and previously UK Garrison's Vectus Remnant Squad. We honor them all by sorrowfully inducting them into our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Give me regular reports, please. Right. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 121 for February 2020, and here are your hosts. Myself, Nikki, DZ8397. I'm Joe, SL, and TI12743. This is Marcus, TK14057. And Todd, TI and TB10078. 501st Legion's currently at 13,668 members with 28,986 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member, listed on 501st.com at the time of recording, is Ray TI33368, a new TIE pilot for Spanish Garrison. In this episode, we take you back to the premiere of Rise of Skywalker, not only in Hollywood, but in Jordan plus some hospital visits, holiday parties, and the chance to run around ESPN's hallways. Stay tuned. Recent news. We are once again in the midst of our yearly club elections here at the 501st for the Legion level and most detachments, garrisons, and outposts. By the time this episode airs, the question and answer portion will be completed and we will be on to voting. We encourage all Legion members to head to the appropriate forums to read through the candidates' information and then head to the main Legion forums to place your votes. If you have difficulty logging in, please email support at 501st.com. And here are the new additions and updates to our costume reference library, CRL, since our last episode. The Pathfinders have added the Scout Duffelback to the Scout Trooper, Return of the Jedi CRL. This is not to be confused with the Tan Satchel from the Mandalorian. This is just a normal-looking black cylindrical Duffelback. The Underworld Detachment um, has completed Tobias Beckett's CRL from Solo, and the GMLs are ready to independently approve that costume. On to the FISD, they have updated a couple of their CRLs. Um, the Force Awakens and Last Jedi CRLs um, for the TK have some minor language cleanup. Very little of it, of it is in level one, and none of it changes any major requirements. But it's nice to note that we consider these living documents, and the attachments still strive to update greenlit CRLs in addition to adding new ones. Additionally, um, although the level one requirements haven't changed, the return of the Jedi stormtroopers no longer share photos with the New Hope stormtroopers. This means that you can actually see on the um, ROTJTKs the overlap construction, the detonator, the copper holster, and the white sole boots. The uh, Sovereign Protectors Detachment uh, Shadow Guard, as seen in the Force Unleashed, is now marked green and ready for GMO approval thanks to that detachment. As always, you can check out links to our new CRLs in our show notes. And thanks again to the Legion membership team for these updates. Hi, this is Mark Hamill, and you're listening to the 501st Cast, the most forceful podcast in the galaxy. Enjoy! 
And now a word from one of our sponsors. At the midnight premiere of a science fiction movie, you expect the night to go flawlessly, but you couldn't have been more wrong. Before the movie even starts, you find yourself propelled into a galaxy far, far away. All around you, people are dressed in otherworldly attire, beings called Jedi, Sith, bounty hunters, and even storm troopers. Move along. Move along. And as you begin to get a bad feeling about all this, you suddenly realize what has transpired. My dear friend, what you have actually done is crossed over into the Star Wars Zone. Empire City Garrison. Uh, they were asked by Disney and LFL to uh, provide FOTK stormtroopers for an ESPN promo shoot on December 5th. This was super last minute request and details weren't available until literally the night before the shoot. Empire City Garrison was able to scramble two members, Jonathan, TK16890, Sith Trooper, and Chris, TK6744, First Order TK, for the request. Disney slash LFL flew in Brian, a First Order TK from Carolina Garrison, as the third Stormtrooper. They also flew in a Chewbacca, R2-D2, C-3PO, BB-8, and a Dio robot, along with two costume experts from California who came with a full Sith Trooper set of armor from the Rise of Skywalker set for John to wear. John had this opportunity once before back in October for an appearance on the show The View, so he was a known fit for the suit and the logical choice. It was a great opportunity to check out the new suit, but they were barred from taking any photos. A secure changing room was provided with some snacks, lunch, and water, and they treated our members very well, but it was a very long day. The ESPN Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker promo was an extremely complex shoot. It involved multiple setups and shots at various locations around the ESPN complex in Connecticut. Chris and Brian started out shooting as uh, First Order 2Ks patrolling outside, spotting rebels on an overhead walkway and guarding various entrances. Then they switched to inside, where they were patrolling hallways, checking security monitors, and standing guard. After four or so hours of this, they got a break and were able to suit down for a bit and eat. They got right back to it after lunch, though, and John joined as the Sith Trooper in a few shots. The real fun part, was at the end of the day, when they had our troopers run down hallways chasing after Chewbacca and the other rebels as fast as they could. Chris felt like he was living out a childhood fantasy, and it was some of the most fun he's had in armor. And considering 501st cast listeners should be well-versed with how often this trooper troops, that's saying a lot. It was, however, a bit grueling and exhausting, and after about 10 hours total in the armor, they were finally done, and they couldn't wait to suit down. The promo spot ran for the week leading up to the movie release and beyond on the ESPN website. We'll have a link to it in our show notes so you can check it out for yourselves. That's one less rebel. In what was most likely the most monumental troop of 2019, Empire City Garrison and Florida Garrison were invited on an all-expense-paid trip to Amman, Jordan to celebrate the release of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. This was sponsored and organized by the Royal Jordanian Film Commission to celebrate the first Star Wars premiere in the country and bring attention to the fact that a large portion of the movie was filmed in the Jordanian desert. Sadly, there was too much red tape to utilize 501st Legion members from our garrisons that were closer to Jordan. So Disney and Lucasfilm were obliged to select from the U.S. uh, 10 members, five from each New York and Florida garrisons. The troopers were asked to leave their respective states December 15th, 2019 and return on December 20th, 2019. This was a huge undertaking, but the opportunity of a lifetime. The visit included multiple troops over the four days they were in Jordan. 
this was an adventure that was both grueling, but ultimately incredibly rewarding. The 10 selected troopers were proud to represent the USA, 501st Legion, and the Star Wars brand in Jordan. As members of both garrisons arrived on Monday, December 16th, 2019, they were greeted by the coordinators and staff from the RJFC and right at Customs. They were able to skip the line and went into separate changing areas. The airport staff was friendly and offered them tea and water as a welcoming gesture. Chris, TK6744, was not able to participate due to his flight being later, but the other nine 501st members were assembled in time. They got suited up and were escorted to the baggage area where tourists and staff members took photos. They then proceeded to the main exit where the Imperial March was playing on the airport's main speakers as they entered. Dozens of fans waited until 10 p.m. when they finally got to meet the group and welcomed them. They marched around that area and headed back to the changing area after about an hour. Chris relays that he can't imagine how difficult it must have been for the other troopers to suit up after a 20-hour flight. The RJFC was very appreciative and excited by the initial reactions the characters were getting. The best, however, was yet to come with the four other troops. Chris's armor got a bit damaged in transport, but thanks to Danny from Florida Garrison, they were able to make some field repairs, and the repairs held up through the remaining four troops. Chris is eternally grateful for Danny's help. Disaster averted. The second troop was to the King Hussein Cancer Center and Children's Hospital. The group spent the entire day on Tuesday, December 17th, reviewing the logistics of what was to occur on the following day to ensure they all had an idea of what was expected and to ensure it was something they could handle. They visited the RJFC offices and went over the timeline. They visited each of the locations they would be visiting the following day, starting with the Cancer Center and the Children's Wing. They went over what they would be doing and where they would be visiting. On the trooping day, they were provided two changing rooms and asked to suit up by 10 a.m. to visit the children's play area, visit some children in their rooms, and visit the Hall of Heroes Activity Center. It was an incredible, profound, and rewarding experience as they interacted with the children, gave out trading cards, and took photos with them. Two U.S. Embassy ambassadors stopped by to check on our troopers and gave them a sign to hold that said hashtag USA and JO, promoting the cooperation between our two countries. The RJFC and the hospital were very appreciative and put together a video which perfectly captures the wonderful impact our troopers had there. Finally, our members desuited, headed to lunch, then on to the next location, City Mall. Their third troop in Jordan was the City Mall visit. So after the hospital visit and lunch, they headed this huge mall in the heart of Amman. They were provided a large changing room and asked to be suited up by 2 p.m. to march around the mall and take photos in the main square. They marched around for about a half an hour with the Imperial March and Star Wars theme blasting as onlookers took photos. After the march, they settled in the center of the mall for the next hour so they could interact with the patrons, gave out trading cards, and take photos with them. They were very enthusiastic and excited to see our stormtroopers, and the reception was extremely positive. The two U.S. Embassy ambassadors stopped by again to check on our members, bringing along with them the hashtag USA and JO sign again for some photo ops. The RJFC and the mall staff were very appreciative and shared some photos on their respective sites. Then it was time to desuit and head to their final location for the day, the Taj Cinema and Mall for the Jordan premiere. So on Wednesday, December 18th, our globe-trotting troopers headed to the Taj Cinema and Mall, another huge mall in Amman, and they were provided an empty theater to change and were asked to be suited up by 5 p.m. to once again march around a mall and take photos in the main square before going to the red carpet. Like the City Mall, they marched around for over a half hour with the Imperial March and Star Wars theme blasting, and they ended up in the center of the mall for about another half hour to pose for photos and hand out trading cards. They were then escorted back to the changing area to wait for about 45 minutes until the red carpet activities kicked off at 7 p.m. While waiting, they also presented 10 trivia contest winners with passes to the premiere. Finally, it was time to make a grand entrance onto the red carpet. Photographers and guests excitedly took photos and selfies as our troopers entered. And the two U.S. Embassy ambassadors once again brought their USA and JO hashtag sign for photos. Next, our troopers went upstairs to the VIP area to greet some of the Jordanian royal family and other important guests. 
Some of the Jordanian royal family also stopped by our members' changing area before they suited down for the night to take some photos in private as well. Last but not least, our troopers got to suit down and head in to see the movie themselves. Needless to say, they were all very exhausted by that point, but they persevered. And after the premiere, they also got to see the sand speeder they had on display that was actually used in the film. The next day was their final troop at the Wadi Rum Desert, where the first part of the movie was filmed. On Thursday, December 19th, after the big trooping day, our members headed out at 7 a.m. to Wadi Rum Desert, which was a four to five hour ride each way from their hotel. Wadi Rum was the location for the world of Pasana, featured in The Rise of Skywalker. It has been used in such films as The Martian due to its Mars-like look, and in films such as Lawrence of Arabia and the recent Aladdin film. First stop was a cliff where one of the initial shots from the film was shot, as the cast looks down upon a festival on the planet. The RJFC chose this spot to do the photo shoot with all ten of our members, so they suited up right there in the sand. The scale and scope of this place is astounding. Where they were was over an hour off the main road, and there was nothing but desert in every direction as far as the eye could see. It made an epic location for photos, which we'll have links to photos from this whole trip in our show notes. All of our members were speechless to be at one of the actual filming locations and having the opportunity to suit up there. They were all still recovering from the day before's excitement, and uh, that helped them press on for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, after about 90 minutes of photos, they suited down and headed to additional filming locations. For these other locations, they simply enjoyed the guided tour as they explained what scenes were filmed at each location and took photos but did not suit back up. One of our final stops was the area used for the black quicksand scene from the movie. They all managed to find some of the remaining black plastic beads and black lima beans used for the quicksand and collected some samples with the permission of the RJFC staff to bring home. It was a long ride back as their adventure came to an end, but they were all simply astounded that they had this opportunity. On behalf of our 10 troopers, we would like to thank everyone from Disney and Lucasfilm and the Royal Jordanian Film Commission who made this possible and treated our legionaries so well. The RJFC was thrilled with the trip overall and the photos they got along the way. Finally, on Friday, December 20th, it was back to reality as they all made their long journeys home after making some new friends between the New York and Florida Garrison members who all shared an amazing, unique experience they'll never forget. Wow, well done to those uh, troopers selected for uh, such a unique opportunity, and it sounds like they were treated fantastic. Yeah, I can't imagine the the jet lag and trying to do like three troops in one day when you're still trying to acclimate and wow, but still being on site was probably worth it. And then they could just, you know, sleep when they're home. Willing to bet they spent the entire 24 hour trip back to the States asleep. (laughs) Or or wide awake from excitement, you know, from what they just uh, had an opportunity to partake in. Counting their beads and beans. (laughs) (laughs) I know they shouldn't have said that. Now we're all going to be hounding them. How many plastic yeah. did you bring? <laughs> Those are going to be some That's great incredible. photos. I can't wait to check them out. Me neither. Well, back to the U.S. The Empire City Garrison attended a couple Star Wars night sporting events uh, in December. On the 14th, they were guests of the New York Islanders hockey team at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. This was an afternoon game attended by Joe, TI-13222, Patrick, ID-3755, Chris, TB-6744, Joe, SL-91452, and John, TI-42070 from ECG, who were joined by members of the Rebel Legion, R2 Builders Club, and the Sabre Guild. The team was very happy to have us there and treated the troops very well including free parking, a changing area, food vouchers, handlers, and tickets to the game for the characters. The characters were split up into four groups to cover more areas of the arena. Check out the show notes for a link to a photo of Joe SL91452, who got to shoot the t-shirt gun. Ah, nice. (laughs) Well, on the evening of December 27th, Empire City Garrison returned to the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum for the Long Island Nets basketball Star Wars night. Uh, 
This time, it was Matthew, ID 62257, and Chris, TB 6744 from ECG, who were joined by members of Sabre Guild. Troopers posed for photo ops during the first half of the event, and then roamed the arena to visit those who didn't make it to the photo stations. They also visited the birthday area, where they had some kids' activities, and participated in the t-shirt toss. Legion members had a great time during both visits to the Coliseum, taking photos, handing out cards, and adding some Star Wars to the events. On January 4th, nine members of ECG attended the Make-A-Wish Foundation's annual holiday party. They were joined by members of Rebel Legion, R2 Builders Club, and Sabre Guild. Make-A-Wish hosted a wonderful event, and Legion members helped spread some much-needed holiday cheer to the many children and families in attendance. They took photos and interacted with the attendees as they entered the party, and also took a trip into the ballroom to see some enthusiastic little ones who were treated to a fun dance performance. It was an incredibly profound, emotional, and rewarding experience for all the volunteers, and ECG has made a real impression on the organization over the years. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for all those ECG reports. On Saturday, December 21st, members of the Northeast Remnant, the Rebel Legion and Droid Builders, were invited by United Airlines to welcome the fabled Star Wars plane into the terminal at Newark Liberty Airport. After suiting up, members wandered to the terminal for photos and greeting travelers at their gates. Everyone had smiles on their faces, and with EWR being a major international airport, it proves Star Wars is an international language. The United staff were incredibly helpful, guiding our members around the terminal and keeping them together staying at an area gate for 15 to 30 minutes at a time. With stormtroopers standing guard and droids checking boarding passes, it was a lot of fun. They visited the Polaris Lounge, an area none of them will likely get to visit again unless they fly business class overseas. They visited the Polaris Lounge, an area none of them will likely get to visit again unless they fly business class overseas, and some ran into Scrubs slash Resistance star Donald Faison. As the trip wound down, they returned to the changing room to suit down and enjoy the provided lunch. It was then that a small problem was discovered. The plane was delayed. How quaint. It was rerouted a couple times and had a two-hour delay from when it was expected to land. When they received word that it was approaching the airport, they suited back up and made their way to its arrival gate. There they stood guard to welcome the deboarding passengers, and what a look of surprise each one of them had after walking down the boarding ramp. After it was emptied, the awesome guides got our members on the plane for some photo ops. They each even got a photo from their staircase outside the plane. Overall, it was absolutely the most fun you could have being stuck in an airport for eight hours. We'll have a link to a photo gallery in our show notes, and thanks to Kevin, TI71689, for that report. Next up, we have um, December and January mission reports from Causeway Garrison in Northern Ireland. On December 6th, three members of Causeway Garrison joined by Causeway Base attended the Romalane Christmas Markets. The troopers maintained a presence in the grounds of the hub and later escorted Santa Claus and his reindeer as they paraded through the town to switch on the Christmas tree. The garrison was thrilled to be able to troop this event as the Romalane Community Hub means a lot to Causeway Garrison. Amongst other reasons, it's the location where they've held all their armor parties since they formed last summer. The following day, two members of the garrison, plus one from Causeway Base, helped support a Crohn's and Colitis team with fundraising at a very busy troop. Thanks to generous holiday shoppers, the donation bucket was quickly filled with almost 195 pounds. The team from Crohn's and Colitis were super appreciative of our members' support, and they said they couldn't believe a group like the 501st existed, even if TK11527 got into a debate over Star Wars versus Star Trek with a poor lady who didn't even know the difference. Live long and may the force be with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then on December 8th, that's three events in a row for those of you who are keeping track. Three members of Causeway Garrison attended the Jingle All the Way 5K 10K Walk Run, a nice event to support Northern Ireland Children's Hospice. Children of all ages raised money for a sponsored run or walk of 5 or 10 kilometers, depending on their ability. Our troopers were stationed at the starting area to entertain kids and families who were either too small or unable to participate in the activity. On December 14th, it was Causeway Garrison's turn to support Causeway Base by deploying TI-92301 to support the Rebel Legion members at a troop to raise funds for the Northern Ireland's Children's Hospice. And of course, there is a link to photos in our show notes. 
On the 15th, uh, Causeway Garrison, with support from Causeway Base, attended the Angel Wishes Christmas Party, a wonderful event to support children and their families who have been affected by cancer. The Causeway units were joined uh, by a local superhero group, LOC Down Events, to help make the party a success. The children were entertained by customers, a magician, photo ops, and even a small pony made it into the ballroom. The faces on the kids were delightful, and our troopers were made to feel very welcome by the other customers. Are we sure it was a pony? Maybe it was one of those uh, <laughs> uh, other uh, animals from the most recent movie. No. They, were very, they were very pony-like. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot their names. Yeah. Uh, space horses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> space, space horses? Yeah. <laughs> it was a well, baby one. It was a baby what? It was a baby one. Whatever that species yeah. of horse is called. Well, uh, on December 18th, it was time to troop the midnight premiere of The Rise of Skywalker at Odeon Cinema in Belfast. This was the troop they'd all been looking forward to and was Causeway Garrison's biggest turnout since they formed last summer. Nine troopers were joined by four members of Causeway Base, plus ID 15012 from Ireland Garrison visited to join in the fun and crew for us. Legionnaires collected a charity, sorry, they collected for a charity called Inspire Wellbeing, the preferred charity partner for the cinema that hosted them for the premiere. This particular cinema actually hosted a marathon of episodes seven and eight before playing episode nine at midnight. Legion members were out posing for photo ops and collected for charity before the episode seven and nine showings and had a great group dinner together in the middle. They had a great time catching up as one big 501st and Rebel Legion family. It was long troop and they were tired, but being the bad guys doing good, they toughed it out and had a great time seeing the new Star Wars movie together at the end. After all the appreciation the Crohn's and Colitis team gave our Causeway Garrison when they worked together earlier in the month, the Garrison asked the team to join them at a bucket collection at the Atrium Omniplex on the first Friday that Rise of Skywalker was in cinemas. This was another super busy troop, and even though they only trooped for about an hour, the charity raised 117 pounds in their collection buckets. Every year, BDO organizes a Christmas party for their clients that includes a cinema screening of the big holiday movie that year. Over the past few years, they've asked the 501st to add to the event when the movie has been Star Wars, and in exchange, they make a donation to a local charity. This year, it was the Children's Cancer Unit. Lots of entertained children, including some very inquisitive younglings, who kept the Rebel Legion's fleet troopers busy with all sorts of questions. Perhaps funniest of all was their questions about Brexit. Uh, some quick thinking, and the answer was, uh, we don't have that on Naboo. <laughs> To make it to Causeway Garrison's second troop on December thir- uh, 21st, they had to quickly desuit from the fir- first troop, drive across town, and quickly suit back up to once again help collect for the Northern Ireland Children's Hospice. They set up their 10 to V4 photo backdrop and a PR table in the main lobby of Movie House Cinema in Cityside, Belfast. It was a fun, filled few hours, and 168 pounds was collected in the buckets. A long day with good causes supported. Well done to all the troopers who pulled double shifts. Well, then on December 28th, there's the final troop of the year for Causeway Garrison, and it's one of their favorite causes. Throughout the year, they do a handful of troops for the Disney store in Belfast, for example, May 4th or Force Friday. And as a thank you, Disney gives our troopers vouchers to be used in the store. Each year, Garrison members choose to donate those vouchers towards a toy drive, and at Christmas time, they bring those toys to the children's ward at Antrim Hospital. This year, TI-11527 was joined by three members of Rebel Legion Causeway Base and a special guest, DZ-15191 from Dewback Ridge Garrison, to visit the children and give out donated presents. It's a mixed feeling seeing how the children light up to see us come in, but also knowing the struggle of family having a child in the hospital, especially over the holidays. Huge thanks to the members of Causeway Garrison and Causeway Base who gave up their vouchers to this great cause. Yes, well done. I'm curious if the Dubac Ridge Garrison person just happened to be on vacation in Northern Ireland or it was good timing to make it for that troop. Yeah. It was over the holidays. Yeah, maybe uh, you know, yeah, visiting relatives or such. That's wonderful yeah. that they could join in for a troop. 
And Causeway Garrison's first troop of 2020 was a solo troop for TI-84335. He was deployed to help a local charity slash social enterprise called Fit Moms with their relaunch and awards. Fit Moms provided the local community with fitness classes for parents and their kids, as well as sensory therapy sessions for kids with autism and similar conditions. TI-84335 was well-received by the charity and also met the mayor who was in attendance for the relaunch event, too. At the end, he even managed to get in a little pre-flight training on some of the exercise equipment. The first armor party of the year was a really good get-together with various kits being worked on from TIE pilots, stormtroopers, and clones. Really relaxed and lots of the usual banter and laughs from the crew that attended. It was exciting to see so many different kits and costumes being worked on for this year by members and potential new recruits for the Legion. They even had a visit from TK Bob the Greyhound. Thanks to Chris, TI-12390, and Sharon, DZ-77105, for those reports from Causeway Garrison. Last but not least, we have a couple of reports from our Death Star Garrison in Brazil. Sky Day is an event at the airport promoted for children with disabilities, underprivileged children who are in shelters and orphans. The intention is to bring these children a little closer to the planes and to soften some of the suffering in their lives. The event was open to everyone in the community and also saw the arrival of Santa Claus. Gifts were delivered and the party was filled with food and drink. Sweets, fruits, and musical games bring the children to the playful world. On December 21st, the garrison attended Project Better World's Christmas party. In attendance were children in need from rural areas. The project encourages studies and culture in Mogi Miram City. By the end of 2019, Death Star Garrison had completed 32 missions. Congratulations, Death Star Garrison. Thanks to Daniel, TI-19760, for all those reports from Death Star Garrison. This is a 501st Cast special report. In December, two of our lucky podcast members had the experience of actually attending a Hollywood premiere. That's right, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And here to talk about that are Nikki and Marcus. So as most people probably know, the 501st Legion does get a few spots on the red carpet, although this time it was a blue carpet uh, for the Star Wars premieres. We're kind of off to the side and and they want us to look like overly enthusiastic fans, which isn't too hard for us to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, But this year, um, it was actually a little more complicated for to organize that. Usually we get, oh, I don't know, like two dozen spots maybe. Um, But this time when Lucasfilm reached out to us, they had a very, very specific plan. And they wanted us to be able to send uh, at least us and the Rebel Legion one person from every state. And they had a big long list of what costumes they wanted those people to be wearing. Uh, So we collected applications from everyone in the Legion, um, both Legions, I should say. We had over a thousand people um, apply for the 100 spots. Um, So then we, meaning me, had to narrow down all of those applications and and see who got picked. Um, Marcus was a total random draw and you should have seen how (laughs) excited I was when his name came up. I was like, oh my God! Um, so, but you did receive my check, correct? We're <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, we haven't cashed in yet. I didn't see it go no, on my bank no. account yet. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Once all of that logistical stuff was out of the way, um, then I realized that I was going on this trip because I, I have coordinated red carpet premieres before, but I have never been able to go myself, which was one of the requirements for this is they wanted people who hadn't been to a red carpet premiere before to go. Um, so then even more panic set in as I realized that. And then somewhere else, also in that mix, I found out um, that the Galactic Academy was another group that was being invited to the premiere. And unbeknownst to me, they decided to select my family because my kids are Galactic Academy cadets. And um, obviously they couldn't just travel on you know 
unguarded. And since I was going to be working the 501st side, my husband got to come too as their protector. So the whole family come. So that was, that was amazing to be able to experience that with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I remember when we were, so I'm sure people have seen, you know, pictures of what a typical red carpet, blue carpet type premiere looks like. So we were in these corrals on either side and the celebrities walked down the middle and it was, I just remember at one point, my son was like, I don't think I've ever heard Frank Oz talk in person before. (laughs) There was just like all of these just amazing moments that happened and we were just flabbergasted. The whole thing probably only was, I don't know what, a half hour. Mm Mm-hmm you know, when the celebrities walk by, but it just seemed like it was, I don't know, forever and three seconds all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we, um, we were all, you know, like we had to pay for our own, um, travel to get there, but the accommodation for two nights was paid by Lucasfilm at Disney at the Roosevelt hotel, which was, um, literally right next to the um where the, everything was happening and so we were able to you know suit up in the hotel in a dedicated ballroom and then we were s- sort of like you know stationed or uh in the on the ground floor and the customers in hot costume were able to get in first since they um um i don't know even why but i guess we were able to go, go first um, and so we've all heard her down, you know, Hollywood Boulevard and, you know, car stop, people stop, take pictures. And, um, we were then led into the blue carpet area, which was a big tent in a way. Yeah, it was a big tent, three rows, um, on each side was media and we were in the middle and, uh, yeah, we were, you know, very enthusiastic. Obviously we didn't need, you know, like that many instructions to, to, you know, act, act that way but um we were there a lot earlier than you know than the uh before the live stream started so just to get into position and to get everybody in there and i think in the end we were like three rows deep on each side and yeah and then it uh it all started you know we it was just celebrity after after celebrity and you know more more towards the end of the uh blue carpet uh you know premiere coverage i guess the the celebrities got you know uh more i guess a-listy in a way um the hard customers had to leave early to go back to the hotel and you know de-suit and then go back into their respective theaters so the soft customers um you know got to meet uh, the heavy hitters in, in a way so which you know which which was good for them which was uh, and you're talking about like uh uh, like Hollywood, uh, like top grocers or like the uh, kind of the main stars of the, uh, the Skywalker saga? I mean, there were some, yeah. you know, there were some non-Star Wars, uh, uh, you know, celebrities there that didn't participate in the movie. But um, like Kevin Smith, I think, was there. I didn't see him. But um, so, you know, we had we had a few people that were stars that just didn't participate at all. You know, we had some voice actors and um, but they were all. I guess kind of associated with Star Wars, you know, either big fans or like I said, voice actors or, you know, um, um, maybe, uh, who else was there? Like Dave Filoni was there, you know? Um, so then, uh, the, yeah. And then we each, before we got, or while we got suited up, we were handed, um, our badges and each badge was color coded with either the Dolby theater, the Al Capitan theater, or the um, TCL theater, the, the you know Chinese theater, um, and so yeah. After we desuited, um, we were led to again our respective theaters, and while we were sitting down, we were watching the live stream or the rest of the live stream on the um, on the screens, or you know, I guess yeah, the side screens. Um, and then at some point, it just all started. And um, Nikki and I were in the Dolby theater, which is where uh, before the movie started, um, the you know, J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and the the major actors in the movie were interviewed and they came out on stage. So that was pretty cool that we got to see them in the theater that we were assigned to. Um, yeah, at first I was a little bummed because 
um, our theater got pulled off of the blue carpet first. Um, and oh, I, okay. so, so, well, I mean, you got pulled off to go de-suit, but even the, yeah. the soft costumers had to, oh, for that okay. theater had to leave before the other two theaters. Cause they were telling us that our screening started before the other two theaters. Um, so I was a little bummed because, um, Daisy Ridley hadn't walked the carpet yet. And, mm-hmm. um, Oscar Isaac hadn't walked the carpet yet and Adam Driver hadn't walked the carpet yet. So it's a little bummed that I missed them, but I got to see so many other people mm-hmm. that, and then when, and we were also a little bummed that we didn't get the Chinese theater because of the historical, you know, ties to star Wars. Um, but then when we got to the Dolby and we ended up in the second row mm-hmm. and, oh, wow. and then they, and then we realized that we were in the theater um, that the other theaters were streaming. So we got to see, like you were saying, Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams and Bob Iger and all the cast mm-hmm. walk out live on our stage in front of us. And, um, and it wasn't until they started doing, you know, their whole, um, welcoming and acknowledgement and thank you speeches that I realized, well, not only were we watching them live, but we were sitting in the same theater as Steven Spielberg and yeah. Harrison Ford <laughs> yes. and Spike Jones and or Spike Lee. And, um, and I was like, I'm like afraid to turn around and you know look at who is seen in this theater. I'm just going to look forward and, and that's it. But yeah, I was like, Oh my God. So that made it worth leaving the blue carpet early because then we got to see them anyways on the stage. A little, little little anecdote. Um, so you know, we had to we had to put our you know phones and, and smartwatches into the little you know bag that they that they sealed up, and then um, we were you know supposed to hold on to them at, you know during, during the entire screening. And then afterwards, as we were walking out, uh, all of a sudden next to me was J.J. Abrams, and I still had my phone in the you know in the bag. I, I didn't see him on the red, on the blue carpet because we had to leave early. So I was rushing towards those security guys there to unlock my bag and all the while, you know, watching JJ, you know, where's he going? Where's he going? Um, so I, I thanked him, you know, great movie. Thank you very much. He said, you know, no problem. You know, that's very nice of you. And as I got my phone back, I, I rushed back to him. I said, you know, do you mind taking a picture with me? So he said, yes. And then, so that, that was a pretty cool, um, little non blue carpet, uh, meet up with with you know the the director so that was oh, cool. fantastic and then we went and it was it was pretty amazing and then uh so there was one block um on hollywood boulevard that was dedicated to the after party which was also under a tent and we were all and each theater was uh, leading um to the to the tent you know we had the um middle i guess the middle entrance exit and then um, the T, uh, the T C L was the northern, and then the you know Alcatraz was the southern entrance. So we were all in there uh, in the after party tent. Yeah, and these um, tents just, that we were all inside were just, mm-hmm. were constructed on the road. Yes, because that's yeah, basically the only space left in you know downtown Hollywood. So all the streets were blocked off, and all these gigantic tents were set up yeah, on yeah. the streets. And once you leave, you could come back, right? Is, is that right? Right. And so we, um, the, the ballroom that we desuited in, uh, you know, we couldn't take our armor into the room. There was just no time. So everything was in there. It was guarded. You know, people, um, staff was there. So we had to be back by, I think, 1 a.m., which was plenty of time um, because, you know, it was a long day and, um, you know, you can only eat so many you know, chicken nuggets and eat so many <laughs> liquid yogurts and, and, and what else they had to offer. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, overall, you know, there was a dedicated VIP area that, that we couldn't um, uh, get to, um, although I tried, but I failed. And then we were just hanging out with, you know, just other people, just, uh, and, you know, we, I saw, gosh, who did I see? I don't know. I saw a lot of people, but it was, um, it was definitely, definitely worthwhile. They had a little, they had Awesome set up uh, you know, under glass inside. They had um, some, um, was it um, like some virtual, virtual reality stuff? I forgot. It was, you were able to talk to like uh, VR stormtroopers or interact with them in a way. 
Um, they had some photo yeah. ops with um, C-3PO and, you know, did you read who one of the VR troopers was? No. Um, it's mm. one of the, so I don't know what the name of the technology is that they had on demo there. Mm. Um, but basically you could, it has, I don't know if anyone's seen that, um, the talking with crush, um, thing that they have at Disney where you go in this room and crush is on this television screen, but he can interact with you. He can, he can see you, he can talk to you. So it was that sort of thing. There was this feed from, um, I don't remember where they were recording. I think Los Angeles and they were in all of this VR gear and they could see us through this feed. And one of the two um, troopers was Verona blue. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. Who is, Oh, she mentioned that. Oh, okay. Sorry. I saw the day before. She was in line for some some you know events where people were waiting in line for weeks to get to Rise of Skywalker, and she mentioned I have some stuff to do later, but I can't talk about it. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. All right. No, you know, sorry. So they who, were in the motion. So she was voice of one of the uh, first female sounding stormtroopers that we hear in the Force Awakens. Ah, okay. and she's also a she's, ah, yes. stage member. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, I don't know. I, I know she has Bausch. I'm not sure which other costumes she has. She used to be Canadian Garrison, but now she's out in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, that's um, her Star Wars tie-in. She does a lot of other acting and voice work as well. Um, but she was that first um, female-sounding stormtrooper that we hear. Mm-hmm. She was part of the 501st cast for a while, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember we interviewed her at one point. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it was in the after party that all they had that and other type of you know vendors with the Star Wars tie-in products like Danimals, Gogurts that have Star oh, Wars. Oh, those are yummy! <laughs> <laughs> Birthday cake flavored yogurt. I don't know. I didn't try it. My son liked it. Um, and then uh, they had a McDonald's uh, Happy Meal station. You could only get chicken nuggets. Which I, I guess it was like a. Uh, Chicky nuggies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in there, I guess. And then, then you got a Star Wars Happy Meal toy in your Happy Meal. Plus, they had a bin of other toys that you could pick out to get a different character mm-hmm. if you wanted. And yeah, my my daughter was all ecstatic because apparently some YouTuber called Jack Septicai, she saw him in line <laughs> getting a Happy Meal. She's like, oh my God, it's Jack Septicai. I'm like, I don't know who that is, but okay. She made me take a picture of him and everything. Uh, yeah, so there was there was just <laughs> other like random celebrities just that you got to interact with at the after party that were just doing their own thing, you know. Um, there was just there memorable was so uh, interactions that you had. Um, well, similar to Marcus in the the atrium outside of the theater, although this was actually, I think, before we went in, we all were getting in the line to use the bathroom because we definitely didn't want to try to leave during the movie. And um, so my daughter and I were in line. And then behind us, this really beautiful woman comes up. And I realize it's um, Ming-Nya, uh, mm-hmm. who is just, she's now in The Mandalorian. Okay. Um, she's Mulan um, from the original cartoon. Um, so I was like, I wanted to say something to her, but I didn't know what to say. It was awkward. We were in line for the bathroom. And so I'm like, I'm like would you like to go first? And so we let her in front of us. And um, she she hesitated for the longest time. And, and I'm like, go ahead, you know. So we were complimenting our, our dress. And, you know, she was talking about it to the other ladies in line and how it was wrinkle-free. And it was just this very, like, <laughs> conversation that I'm having with Ron. It was, that was kind of surreal interaction. Um, Welcome to Hollywood, darling. This yeah. happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. the night before. So this, oh, go ahead, Nikki. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I had no idea our hotel was going to be right on Hollywood Boulevard, too, when they said they were giving us a hotel. So that was exciting. So most of us, so the, you know, the premiere was, what, Monday? And then most of us arrived you know, Saturday or Sunday. Um, Lucasfilm Disney paid for uh, two nights, Sunday, Monday, and Monday, Tuesday. And then we were, on Sunday night, we were invited to um, go to the um, Scammon Villain Cantina. Also, Hollywood Boulevard, just like a mile down the road, and such a fun place. Yeah, it was my first time, and it was just, uh, yeah, just incredible. And we had some, we had two um, 
two honor member inductions happening that day uh, or, or that night. Um, help me out with help me out with the names, Nikki. I'm um, assuming right. Dominic Pace right. was one of them. I didn't get to go because I was still at Disneyland. Oh, okay. <laughs> so right. I'm not sure who the other one was now. Uh, and Dom- he was also Dominic from Pace the Mandalorian, is- though. Yeah. Uh, yes. Dominic Pace is one of the bounty hunters. Not a Mandalorian, but one of the bounty hunters in the Mandalorian. Um, that is, you know, when he's trying to take the child out of town and all of these bounty hunters uh, converge on him. Dominic right. Pace's Gecko, I think, is his bounty hunter name. And the other one was, was Brian Posing, um, who was the Uber driver in the first uh, first chapter of, Man- of Mandalorian. Uh, he was also, you know, he's the... Uh, did you just call him an Uber Bang driver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the <laughs> Uber Uber driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was there too. And um yeah, that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, it was it was just a great a great location, a great experience. Um you know, JC, the owner, he does a, a great job and really my my deepest respect to having, you know, a pop up bar turning into something that's you know permanent. So really, really cool. Yeah, yeah so got, that was, uh, sorry, was it? I would say since we got in early and we were in California, we uh, had rented a car and drove to Disney. Um, so that was, we did that all day Sunday. We got there as soon as they opened, like at seven, and we were there until they closed at like after midnight, I think. And so that was our first time getting to see Galaxy's Edge and, and all of that stuff. Um, and also, we had never seen Haunted Mansion when it was decorated with The Nightmare Before Christmas. So that was exciting. And there was a lot of other 501st members, obviously, who were there in town, too, and decided to go to Disney. Mm-hmm. And so we got this um, epic group photo in front of the Millennium Falcon of as many 501st members as we could wrangle. So that was very exciting to all be able to to go around to Galaxy's Edge at the same time. Speaking yeah. of photos... Do we have a link in our show notes for photos from your wonderful experiences? Um, I have my um, premiere ones in a folder. Um, some of them are kind of blurry and, you know, other people's heads are in the way because <laughs> I'm sort of the, I was the shortest person in my group and I was <laughs> the one taking the photos. Um, but, you know, you could still make out what's happening. So... Um, yeah. I'd say if you can, let's, uh, let's have a few photos available for our listeners. That'd be great, especially from your second row. Uh, um, in, oh, well, I just know you didn't have your camera. Yeah, so, right. They were locked at that point. So I just have the blue carpet and the after party. Well, I think right. that photo from the uh, Millennium Falcon, you know, at Galaxy's Edge would be a neat one to see, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people, I mean, since now we've gone to... 501st in general has gone to numerous premieres. We kind of can, you know, glean information from past attendees. And um, one of the things that they advised was, you know, if you want to try to snag autographs, think about what you want to get it on. Um, So for my little clan, we decided um, we had this episode nine, uh, eight by 10 movie poster that was mounted on like this hard piece of foam core. And um, so we got, we just loaded a single thing up with um, a bunch of autographs, but there were other people that had come up with all these creative ways, like, you know, the standard uh, old fashioned, I guess, autograph book where each autograph is on its own little page in a book. Uh, someone else had made up special trading cards that had the date of the premiere on it. And they had uh, each person sign a separate card. Oh, some wow. people had their helmets signed. Some people had their badges signed. Uh, the Rebel Legion had a flag. The Mandos had a flag that they were getting signed. Um, so that was pretty exciting because I didn't realize that. Um, I thought maybe, you know, we'd get a couple people that would stop by our section of the, you know, the fence or whatever. But just about they took their time and just about everyone uh, visited both sides of the fence, fenced yeah. area. So. So that was pretty cool. So got to meet, you know, Mark Hamill and J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and uh, Ian McDermott, uh, Ashley Eckstein, Daniel Logan. You know, it was um, 
Steve Bloom, which I had to bug him again that he pronounces his name differently than we do. <laughs> That's like our, I don't think he ever remembers, but I just do the same running joke every time that we see him and, and see if he remembers. But he did, when he saw our name on our racing shirts, he's like, hey, my family's here. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Well, that sounds like an amazing time for both you guys. Uh, it's just incredible. I mean, and so, uh, Nikki, what, uh, well, for one, what did your kids think? And number two, how late were they able to stay up? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they're teenagers now. So they're on like a whole different, you know, time frame of sleep patterns. So they were good with it. Um, they just slept on the plane, <laughs> probably like the people from the, the Jordan trip. And were their mouths agape, like pretty much the entire time at this uh, wonderful yeah. opportunity? And... Yeah. And th- the other way that I could tell that they were really excited is that my uh, my 16-year-old actually smiled with teeth. You know, there's that, <laughs> you know, face, you know, that teenagers make sometimes when moms tell them to smile that they don't really want to smile for the camera. But I could tell he was actually smiling for these photos. So <laughs> that was pretty fun. Um, the other cool thing is since we were all put up in the same hotel, um, there would be, you know, swag trades every night in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other uh, crazy thing that I kind of instigated <laughs> was I wanted to make um, this sort of, well, what I like to do when I do an event with a whole bunch of other Legion members is have them sign something before I just had like a little generic lined notebook that I got at the dollar store. Um, But this time I wanted something different. So we made up a yearbook and it has uh, each members. um, There's three members to a page and it has a a costumed photo of them. And then a little insert with like their buckets off photo. It has their name and what uh, garrison they're with. And then a spot at the bottom for their signature. Um, So everyone really embraced the idea, which I was so happy with. And uh, Chris Curtis uh, from Oklahoma Garrison did all of the um, photo editing and put the whole book together. Um, there was so much drama though trying to get them printed because so many places didn't have enough of the uh, you know raw materials to print up that many photo books because uh, we needed at least like 130 of them if each person got one. Mm-hmm. Um, so and we wanted them all you know so that we could get them signed that weekend. It wasn't something you know, that we could just say, oh, we can, you know, worry about it when we get back home. Um, So I think we cleaned out at least five different Walgreens uh, trying to make, you know, each store print as many as they could. Um, But it all worked out. Everyone who wanted a book got a book. Um, They they all, um, you know, traded like a high school yearbook. And can you sign my book? Can you sign my book? It was so cute. (laughs) So... Oh, that's cool. That's a really great idea. So, yeah, I was so happy that 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 worked out. And I didn't get every single person's signature in there because it was pretty hectic and kind of used up one of my days all at Disney and I didn't have the book with me there. Um, But it's something that I can continue bringing to like celebration or some other big event and, you know, track the people down and get their signature another time. Yeah, I got about half, I think. But uh, it was like, like like you said, Nikki. It's it's like a travel book. You know, you can now take it to some events, and hopefully, it fills up over time. And one day, it might be complete. We'll see. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So that was that was fun, reliving all of that. <laughs> it sometimes it it seems like it was a dream, you know, that it didn't actually happen, but looking through my pictures again and, and talking about it. It's, it was definitely one of those once in a lifetime things. Member shout out. This episode's shout out is to Dune C. Garrison, who were awarded a special recognition plaque in January by the group superhero Sunday for their unwavering support and contribution to the Phoenix Police Sergeants and Lieutenants Association charities. Well done. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast. 
where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st Cast can be tuned in via iTunes, Podcasts.com, or Stitcher. The 501st Cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Cast is now also available on the iHeartRadio app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization. And some ran into Scrubs slash Resistance star Daniel Donald Fi- Don who Don Donald I don't watch this. Uh, it, it is blooper time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> uh, can somebody help me with his name, and then I'll just redo that sentence. Faison. Donald, yeah, Donald Faison. Donald Faison. Got it. Okay, uh, redo that sentence. It was rerouted a couple times and had a two-hour delay from when it. I'm uh, not with it tonight. To make it to Causeway Garrison's second troop of December 21st of the day, they had to quickly desuit from the first drive across down. <coughs> sorry. Sorry, drive across gonna, town. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to start over. <laughs> um, but they could have driven down, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> um, anybody know how to pronounce the Mogai Miram? Mo- Mogi Miram? I'm not sure. Oh. Uh, what? Sounds, sounds okay. Try Mogai Miram. Mogi Mogi Miram. Mogi is okay. probably, yeah. Yeah, Mogi Miram. All right. Mogi Miram, Mogi Miram. The project encourages studies and culture in Mogi. Oh, I did it anyway. Mogi. Mogi. Mogi was a Ferengi, in case you, I know yeah. you're a Star Trek. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs>